Alright, welcome to Deep Three Podcast, first one of the new year. I don't even know as far as seasons or episodes, I've so lost on that. So, so many of you coming back, you've been waiting for months for this episode, uh, and probably for years to hear from uh, my guest today, Mr. Kirk Castevens. Kirk, thank you for being here. You're welcome, man. Yeah, glad to uh, glad to be on the show and looking forward to, to a good conversation with, with somebody who's near and dear to my heart, so... Thank you for that, for that. I appreciate that. Uh, many of you guys may know this man as Verizon Kirk, maybe a drummer uh, in Collide Worship, right. all kinds of things. Uh, a guy who used to cover some Nickelback songs on YouTube. <laughs> I'd throw that one in there. So I don't know That's if that right. video is still there or not. Uh, uh, I think I've long since <laughs> taken so those down. That maybe. one's gone, but uh, <laughs> known Kirk a long time and just uh, appreciate uh, him being willing to come and, and share some of the... Uh, the wisdom, the knowledge he's got uh, going right now, and Kirk, if you don't mind just introducing yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your family, and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, so my name is Kirk Cass Stevens. I am um, I'm 28 years old now. Time is time is flying Ooh. by. I'm married to my wonderful wife Sarah, uh, Sarah Cass Stevens, and we've been we just celebrated our fifth year of marriage. So um, you know, super super blessed and super thankful that that God brought her into my life. She's been. Uh, and answered prayer in, mm. in, in so many ways, you know, that especially as as men and especially as Christian men, there is nothing more important than uh, a faithful, God-fearing wife, and that's something that I've definitely found in her, so super, thank, super thankful for that. Uh, you know, my occupation is Verizon Kirk, right, so I'm, I'm coming up on seven years there. Um, been drumming here since, gosh, I can't remember uh, how long. So I've, I love serving in the worship band here, and that's something I've always been passionate about. Um, my hobbies are music, um, hobbies are golf. I like cars, watches, um, and fitness. You know, fitness is a big thing, and life coaching, and that's something that I think um, God is kind of calling me into that area to to be able to carry a message and to to help others have the same. Um, help that I've received through through all this personal development and, and growing my relationship with God in the process. So. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's kind of my thought in getting you in at the beginning of the year. We'll talk about this more later, but just it's the new year, new start. People yeah. got resolutions and just seeing the growth that, that you've had. And hopefully uh, here in a little bit, we'll be able to let you share some of that wisdom and that people have a, have a great start to 2023. We're just what? 11 days in as we record, so yeah. it's not too late to, to jump on That's and, right. and make 2023 time. be be your best year. So right. um, we'll start with the deep three uh, questions. So we want to talk a little bit about sports and uh, culture uh, and faith. So we'll start off with, Kirk, what's your favorite sports memory? So my favorite sports memory is, um, and this is going to sound a little bit weird to I think people that would hear this, but... Um, Senior year of high school, I was really passionate about golf. That's one of my hobbies as well. I don't know if I mentioned that, but um, and we're I'm in the regionals. Uh, we're in the regional tournament championship thing or whatever. And you know, if you shoot a certain score, if you place well enough, you make it to you make it to states. So you can mm-hmm. qualify and, and you go play at Pinehurst. And that was just a huge goal I had my whole life, and or not my whole life, but that whole golf season. That was that was the goal was I wanted to make it to states as an as an individual, and. Um, it just was not my day. I did not play well. <laughs> yeah. um, I ended up shooting like an 84, 83, something like that. And now for uh, most of us, we'll take that. Yeah. I would die for an 83. <laughs> That's right. But, I, you know, talking with Coach Matt Pruitt, uh, one of my mentors in life, and super thankful for, for him. And, and um, he was like, you know, hey, you're probably going to have to shoot 
75, 76 or better, these are this is the top tier quality people, and you're you know, probably gonna have to shoot that to to um, to make it. And uh, so we're about hole 15 or 16, and I'm already way over, and I know it's just not gonna happen. And um, I'll never forget. He he used to walk with me, and I don't. He didn't do this with with many people, or I don't know if he's really ever done that. But he would walk with me as I played down the fairway, uh, you know, almost hand in hand kind of thing. And um, he knew I wasn't having the day, and, and never quit on me, never gave up on me. And um, and I was able to par the last three holes, which were the toughest three finishing holes, and I ended up missing the qualifier by one. And oh, wow. and that was a really like. I, it was a bad day. Like I, I cried a lot of tears. Mm. I'm, I'm a very passionate person, and but that's my favorite sports memory because I grew a lot as a person that day. Even though I didn't achieve the goal that I'd set out to achieve, but who I found out I was inside, and um, who I found out, you know, my friends and family, and just the people that were in my corner, and. Golf was so beneficial for me growing up as a person in high school and just that, that really pivotal time because the things that you learn in golf transfer into life. I mean, it's mm. integrity. It's hard work. It's realizing that sometimes you get a bad break. You know, you're, you're oh, yeah. playing the ball down. You're putting it out. It's real golf. It's not right. the kind of golf, you know, we like to play on the weekends. And it's <laughs> things don't always go your way. Well, so what? What are you going to do about it? Are you, are you going to take that opportunity and make the most of it, or are you going to let it beat you down? So... Um, but you know that's my favorite sports memory because I was so thankful to have coach there with me, and um, that just meant more to me than than anything. And yes, I would have loved to have went to Pinehurst, and and you know, I still think about that to this day. But that encouraged me to be that person, that figure for so many other people in life, and that's kind of been my life mission is to say. I love you. I'm here for you, and we're gonna do the best you can. And regardless of the outcome, you you give it your all, and that's what you that's what you do. So that's awesome. So many lessons from that. I think a lot of our lessons we learn through adversity, mm-hmm. and definitely having somebody in your corner uh, on that oh, day. Yeah. I mean, the importance of community, of mentors, of uh, you know brothers and sisters around you, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So that. That's a good one. That is a different one because it's not yeah. one that you're like, man, I just went out and killed it. But uh, it stuck with you, and it's still influencing you today. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Coach Pruitt. Great guy. Yeah, uh, Love him. Great it's golfer. Awesome. Just a, a great guy in our uh, community, too, even to this day. So that, uh, that's awesome. All right. Um, next, we'll move on to to culture, something you can't get enough of. Is it is it food? Is it uh, TV? Is it a place you're going? What, what would that be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, I love golf. Like that's my that's my favorite thing to do. I, I just I love being out there when the weather's nice. But um, I do I do love food a lot too. But I, I'm a simple person. Like I love I love what I do at work. The Verizon Kirk thing is almost yeah. like a feels like a part of me, and it's something that would you know would I think always just kind of follow me because that's just what I, that's what I, I'm a simple person. I like my process. I like, I like going to the gym. I like going to work and I like being around people. So, um, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I, I would say this, the, something that I can't get enough of would probably be my hobbies, uh, golf, cars, things like that. I just, I, I love, I love looking at cars, driving different types of cars. And I love being out there on the golf course just because I feel like that's, 
just I love being outside. It makes me feel good. There's just something about, um, and a lot of golf courses, maybe not the ones <laughs> here in Yakin County, but I've yeah. been I've been to some ones where it's just like, you know, you see the evidence of God's creation, sure. and, and just I see a lot of beauty in in nature now. Especially the older I get, I start to see that a lot. So just a few things. Keep it simple. And do those things well. That's something we talk about here at, our, at church, you know. So I think that's a good for your life. Like you're not super spread out. You got your few things that are important to you. You enjoy them a lot, and you do them very well. So that's that's cool. I, I like that um, that answer a lot. So last one's faith. Faith's important to both of us. Um, so what's something that God is teaching you right now? So this has been this is happening very recently and and it has been so enlightening uh, and I'm I'm thankful that God is showing me this right now but it's being who he's called me to be being comfortable in my own skin so I've always wanted to be like somebody I've always wanted to be I I, I see somebody that I like I see something that I I like what what they have or I see something I say man I want to do that I want to copy that or I want to be just like that and I think it's good to have those um, those people that you look up to and the things that you inspire, and those are awesome. But I'm finding out that God has empowered me and he's placed me in the area in, in my work and in my family and in my church, like in my community with the, the followers that I have, that relationships that I have, that he never called me to be anybody else but being the best version of me. He's called mm-hmm. me to do exactly what it is, and I'm exactly where he wants me to be for his purpose, his glory. And um, when you can live in that alignment and you realize that it's all sufficient, like it's whatever, God has given you exactly what you need. I've heard Nick preach on that before. If you don't have it, then there's a good chance you probably don't, you probably don't need it. I feel like, I feel like that might be a, a close enough to a direct quote from, <laughs> from Nick preaching our pastor here. And, and that's so true. Like, we get caught up in the in the contentment thing or we get caught up in wanting more and bigger and better stuff all the time and and I definitely have goals and aspirations and material things but it's being content with what I have but in pursuit of the next level it's in the in pursuit of more in pursuit of that that next thing that God's got for me but being ultimately satisfied in what I have what I have now and what what will come and cuz stuff comes and goes I mean you I've had more money. I've had less money. I've, I've had more things, less things, more friends, less friends. I've got probably, I used to have a ton of close friends, and I've only got a few. But those few close friends that I have mean more to me than anything. So That's awesome. I mean, there's no, uh, there's nobody like Kirk, there's nobody like Jamie. Yes. Never has been, never will be. And that's not in a boastful way. That's in just God made us to be who we are, and I, I love that. I love that you can say, hey, there's people that I want to follow after, listen to, glean their wisdom from, but at the same time, it's not a copycat thing. You're who you are. Yeah. You have your circle of influence, uh, those close to you, those that you can be around or around at work and uh, through ministry and everything, and I love that. So that's good. That's good right there. Be who God's made you to be, who he created you to be, the personality, the the things that you like to do, be that person. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's cool when you think about God as a creator, and it's—I yeah. I don't see how anybody could ever could ever doubt that. The evidence is all around us, but you know, each person has a has a fingerprint, and it's a yeah. unique fingerprint. So, the billions of people that have come on this earth, and the billions, or well, we don't know how many that will come after us, sure, right? Sure, but yeah. all these people that have walked the face of the earth, not one 
has the same fingerprint. The fingerprint is is uh, unique to each person, yeah. and uh, God's a bad dude, man. Like, <laughs> There's I mean, a quote. Right who who else like who else do does that? You know yeah. what? Like what else could do that? But Almighty Almighty God, and, and so like that's just such a when you think about like we're, you know, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're made yeah. in His image and all that stuff. Like when you look at evidence of things like that, you become like if you really believe that that's that's so true because like you look at things like your fingerprint, and you look at things like your individual um, you know individual talents and just abilities that everybody has. I mean, God's obviously gifted you with a heart for ministry and you know church planning and stuff yeah. like that and that's not for everybody a pastor's right. role is something that i would i would dare say very few people can do i mean it's it is but god's put you in that role and he's blessed you with everything that you need to make that happen just like he's put me in the roles that i'm sure. in and my wife and just everybody has their space and i think what happens is we try to be we try to play somebody else's cards or be in somebody else's space when in reality you just need to find your space mm. and you'll find that the closer you are to God and the more prayer time and the more time you spend in your Bible, you'll figure out exactly what it is God has called you to be to do and and you'll be able to act on that and give your 100% all on that. Love that. Now something I just read recently, you kind of talked about a little bit, your fingerprints. Uh FYI, for everybody out there, your fingerprints are actually formed as you're in the womb based on what your hands touch and how they move wow. in your in the womb, your mom's womb, that forms your fingerprints. That's 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 pretty cool. So, I mean, obviously, I think there's something there as you're being created, but how your hands move and what they touch uh, forms your fingerprints, which are, everybody's are different. So, uh, that's awesome. Little little nugget I've read recently to share with everybody. So. All right, we'll, we'll move on. That's good. We can stop right there, hit the stop button. Kirk will throw it up on Instagram, and we get the likes to be coming in. Cause that was, that's been good. Uh, but uh, something I've, I've done in the last few podcasts, uh, kind of going overrated and underrated. And there's reasons behind these topics, and we'll kind of jump into that later. Uh, but three things, uh, and I'll, I'll say them. One at a time, you tell me if they're over, if you think they're overrated or underrated and why, right. and then we'll make the connection later. So uh, the first one is Disney. Is Disney overrated or underrated? Uh, Disney as a brand or Disney, like, Disney World? Uh, I'll let you take that however you want. So Disney as a brand, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. I, I think they are I mean they're a giant in their space and you and as they're you know you've got Disney Plus now, you've got that yeah. whole brand of all the Aladdin and Mulan and <clears throat> all those videos that you watch um, growing up and I don't know if you've ever heard the founding story of Disney and like how that all came to be, but basically the idea got shot down and was yeah. told it was just just how most great things come about, right? People told right. you not to plant Collide Church. We don't need another church in the middle right. of Yakima. There's already right. 100 churches, right? And But persistence and knowing your calling, mm. know it like he, he had that vision, right? And your imagination is God's, like that's God's way of showing you your coming attraction. Like when you when you mm. imagine something and you've, and you have a vision for something, that's your vision, that's your imagination. That's I think that's God's way of communicating with us what he has for us like hmm. anything that you have this you know that the phone that we're using the, the computer that we're using your, yeah. this church the, the cars that we drive like somebody had to imagine that first 
to make it a reality, sure. right? So it's so awesome that we have that ability to make that happen. But I think back to back to the original uh, question. I think Disney is is a little bit underrated, maybe okay. just because of how big that brand is. Now Disney World, I've never been. I don't have any kids, so it's not maybe as important to me as it would be to uh, yeah. you know some of my family members or you know people that you may know. But well, I think you as an adult uh, would still enjoy it, um, and we'll come back again to the time later, but. I, I, I would probably uh, agree with you that maybe it's a little bit underrated, and I'll get into that later again. But uh, one cool thing, we were just at Disney, so I was walking through this thing about kind of Walt Disney's history, um, a few different things about that. And one thing I saw was when he moved to California, uh, he ended up building a train uh, in his backyard. So not like a massive, massive one, but one almost like a ride, big enough for kids and adults to sit on and ride around his backyard. Wow. And that became like a massive attraction <laughs> for his friends and neighbors who wouldn't want to go in somebody's backyard and ride a train. Right, sure. Right. So this That's dude was just a visionary uh, from the get-go, and his imagination and the things God put inside of him uh, was yeah. just crazy. But we'll get to a deeper time in a little bit. But first we say we're going to agree Disney uh, is is underrated. Now mm-hmm. I'll throw and throw out the caveat. You know, we know, you know, the whole deal with what they agendas they push in movies and all that. We're, we're not touching that. Today. Yeah, we don't have time for that. That's a deep. But, that's a deep but hole. Just as a as a brand, um, want to go with underrated. Mm-hmm. All right, next one is fruit. I think underrated as well. Um, you know, the fruit has a lot of vitamins in it, and fruit has a lot of necessary things that make our bodies function in a proper way and um, you'll notice that like on a lot of fitness plans and a lot of diet plans they'll tell you like you know you count these calories and your macros and things like that or sugars but fruits off or fr- fruit is whatever you can have as much fruit as you want okay you'll notice they'll say things like that right well that must mean that it's generally healthy like people will say there's there's sugar in it stuff like that but it's natural sugar. natural um, I love fruit. It's I mean, have you ever had a fruit cup at Chick Fil A? Oh, dude! Oh man! Oh man! So all right, oh, you, you guys, you guys that don't know that about me. So like one, yeah. of the, I mean, I ate at Chick Fil A, uh, and I've got so I'm extremely fit right now. I'm ten percent body fat. He's got like, it going. This is part of of my diet staple that I follow and and works. Like I get a grilled chicken sandwich and a fruit cup. It's like right at four hundred calories. Okay, cup of water staple like I was literally getting that five days a week okay. every shift that I worked at work yeah, yeah. and uh, man that fruit cup even in the winter like I don't know where they're getting this fruit from <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know but it is juicy it yeah. is like just it makes you feel good like it tastes great so I, I think fruit is extremely underrated I think they should offer it some restaurants do offer it as a side like a little fruit mm-hmm. bowl or whatever I think it should be um more available or just be okay. offered more. I think the reason why it's not offered more is because it's more expensive than bread. So like mm. they'll 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 bring you the the plate full of bread because yeah. it doesn't cost them as much to bring out. But right. people will start eating more fruit, they would I think they would notice a lot of health benefits. Okay. Do you have a favorite fruit? I mean you like the fruit cup from Chick fil A. Yeah. But what would mm. be your favorite it's individual? Strawberry. Okay. Yeah. Just a, a good a good strawberry but I, I i like them all like like sarah's been my wife sarah's been buying these like apple things that are already pre pre-cut uh-huh. and i'll just i'll find myself snacking on something like that at the house like if i ever get a sweet tooth instead of going for something that's like ice cream or something yeah, like that yeah yeah you know get a get an apple and that's a lot better um but yeah i would say i would say strawberry i really like i really like strawberries okay. they're 
when they're right, they're yeah, hard to beat. Like a fresh <laughs> strawberry in season, yes. so delicious. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll agree with you. Underrated on on fruit, I think it's good. I think it does can quench that sweet tooth, like you saying, without getting you into anything processed. It's natural. Um, I know, like you said, sometimes you're trying to really strict on diet. Maybe they may say cut it out, but for the most part, like you said, it's, yep. it's a natural thing. So eat eat it up mm-hmm. um, and get that fruit cup at Chick Fil A. It's if you haven't had it, it's it's worth the uh, it's worth it. So Y'all know you know Chick Fil A is the best, so their fruit's going to be the best. Like, well, just, and you're supporting just, you're supporting God's kingdom. I mean, that's, that's right. That's the Lord's chicken. So. That's supposed to be the Lord's fruit too, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, we'll get back into that again. There's a reason behind the questions. Final one. Uh, the Yankees. I don't even like saying that word, that that team. But the Yankees, overrated or underrated? Mm. So when you when you briefed me on this, when you sent me the the list, I was like, hmm, it's interesting. So um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the guy was talking about how the Yankees were, um, I think, the most expensive uh, sports team you could buy. Mm. I don't, I don't, I think that I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Okay. Um, like if you wanted to buy the Yankees franchise or whatever you want to call it, um, it, it was it was a Billions, but yeah, yeah, many, 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 many billions, you know. Um, and it was talking about how just how that brand of stripes, the pinstripes, were known all the way around the world. Like, there yeah. are people, baseball is an American sport for the most part, and maybe some of the other um, southern, um, southern countries, but um, it's it's known the Yankees brand is known all around the world, so I think the Yankees maybe as an as like their current like you, <laughs> you can't judge a, a organization I guess always based on their because you're going to have up and down sure. years or whatever but um, I would say they are underrated because I don't think people know how valuable they are as an organization and how intense that brand is um, and how they've been able to monetize that I mean they've yeah. got the greats that come through there Alex Rodriguez Derek Jeter all the people that came before them. I'm getting, I'm getting more sick now, Kurt. I'm uh, getting more sick. I'm, I'm just saying, it, like, there's, there's something iconic about the Yankees, and and love it. I'm not a Yankees fan by any means, yeah. but when you say baseball, that's going to be one of the top, right. th- top three teams. You sure. think? Name me three teams in the MLB. Yankees are they're probably going to be. Up. They're going to come up. They just will. You either love them or you hate them. So you're going to talk about it. Yep. Right? Yep. So you think overrated or underrated? Um. I think again under underrated just because of how valuable that brand is. Um, I'm I'm very unlikely to ever say something is overrated because I know how hard it is now that I run my own business and we how hard it's been for me to achieve the success at work. I've I know what goes into making things like just like you know what making like this church run yeah. and stuff like like. Sure. I very rarely will ever say somebody doesn't deserve something or something okay. is overrated just because I know the struggle of ultimately entrepreneurship, yeah. uh, which to start a baseball team, somebody <laughs> had to imagine that, take a risk on it, all that other, you know, ton of money that was poured into that, all these different things. Okay. So I'm going to say underrated for the agency. Yeah. All right. Um, one more final. This is a snippet. I think I'm not even sure, to be honest. I just caught a snippet. This was an interesting story. You know, Babe Ruth started with the Red Sox, got traded to or sold to the Yankees. I saw this. Uh, many of you might know Ernie Shore Field it's in Winston, where the um, Warhogs would have played. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. the Winston Spirits. That's probably you weren't even born uh, there. No, probably uh, Warhogs was. But yep. Ernie Shore Field, there was a game. Again, I'm not sure if Babe Ruth was with the Yankees or Red Sox. Um, somebody on here can tell me. 
uh, Babe Ruth started the game pitching because he was a pitcher as well when he started off. Uh, he hit, I think he hit or walked the first batter, got ejected after the first batter. Ernie Shore comes in and throws 27 straight outs, but didn't get credited with the perfect game because Babe Ruth had let the first batter on base. Wow. So, pretty wild, interesting story uh, from a guy who you know had a field named after him here in our area. So, uh, just random. Interesting. Random thought. I okay. to throw that in there. I like, the, I like little tidbits. And, that, and that's one of a guy who's got a little bit of local notoriety. So, yeah, I didn't um, know that. That's uh, so, underrated for the Yankees. Uh, that's tough for me to agree with, but I understand your point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I won't agree. I won't say that out loud. <laughs> well, I would just I say what you're saying. There, if you had to, because I had to pick, I would say they live up to the hype. I would okay, say I would right. say they're they're a match. Like, and I, I think I think Disney's maybe the same way. But if I have to pick one, I'm going to say underrated because. But I'd say both of those live up to the hype. The the fruit one was the only one that I would say is underrated because I don't think it lives up to. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. If that that makes sense, there was no there was no middle ground, so I had to had to pick. That does make (laughs) sense. So we'll quickly kind of go through why I picked these questions, then we'll just kind of dive in. So the first one, Disney. uh, I just got back from Disney a few days ago. Uh, You can say what you want about it, but their customer service is top notch. Everybody is so nice, so friendly, so welcoming. They wave in, wave it when at you when you come in. They wave at you when you leave. Um, I could go on and on about it, mm. but their customer service is amazing. Uh, everything's clean. Uh, even if you wait a long time, it doesn't feel like it because they always have you moving toward your goal, mm-hmm. which that's a whole other thing we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, but customer service, I know you're you're big and good in that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, then fruit. Uh, I mean, you're in. Uh, you know, selling phones. We want to talk a little bit about Apple, uh, and also seeing the fruit of your labor that you've seen in your work and also in your personal life. And we want to see in our spiritual life as well. And then um, the Yankees. Okay, so I, weird tie in here. So one of the most famous Yankees of all time, Joe DiMaggio, mm-hmm. right, was briefly married to Marilyn Monroe. For like a few months, okay, and I found this thing the other day that Marilyn Monroe, uh, in the winter of 1955, when she was 29, she had this leather journal and she wrote down a whole list of resolutions that she was going to try to keep. I'm going to see if I can find one or two. Uh, let's see. If possible, take at least one class at a university in literature. She wanted to do that. Hmm. Uh, Try to find someone to take me dancing. Take care. Uh, this is a good one. We'll probably leave this last one because you're going to this one. Take care of my instrument, personally and bodily. Ooh, I like so that. Marilyn was wanting to do that. So okay. uh, kind of talk resolution. So that weird tie-in from Marilyn to Joe DiMaggio to the Yankees. So we want to talk a little bit about customer service, a little bit about, uh, you know, what's what's the best in the, in the cell phone tech game, and then a little bit about uh, resolutions. So um, let's start there. What, what have you seen, uh, Verizon Kirk, uh, as what are keys to being, uh, being good, being great in customer service? Yeah. Um, so I'll say this. I, I, did, I was able to get one of my the favorite award I've ever gotten was um, last year I got. So hopefully I'll get it again this year. We'll see. Uh, to be determined. It's got two, <laughs> two or three weeks left on yeah. that. But I got an award for best customer experience. And that award meant more to me than any award I think I've ever gotten because it was voted on by 
nobody other than people who had shopped with me. And it wasn't just sales. It was people that maybe came in and paid their bill. It was people that maybe just came in off, you know, to do a plan change, whatever, or it was sales. They they send these surveys out randomly. So you don't know who they're going to get. So it wasn't like they were all my friends doing these for me. It was just completely random. And they only sent out, I mean, I sold over 1,200 devices and they only sent out probably a hundred surveys. Okay. So very, very, very few and very random. And, um, and I was able to get like almost all 10, all tens or the other scale is on a five scale. And I was able to get almost all fives. I had like one negative review and it was like pertaining to something that the store was doing. It wasn't to me or whatever. So I was so proud of that. And so back to the original thing is what has helped me is with customer service you have to you have to love people mm-hmm. so when you love people and you love serving and i think that's something that god has been preparing me for my whole life like i've just always been in the church been used to volunteering it even before collide church mm-hmm. i was at union grove with brent and you have to have a passion for people and seeing people happy and serving people and i think a lot of times people Especially salespeople or something that has an an ulterior ulterior pay scale where they're not just paid hourly or whatever. Like they put that to the side because it doesn't directly pay them for their time or whatever like that. But they're missing the point. And a, a good friend of mine gave me a quote, and uh, he said that his father taught him, and it said, "Never count your commission, count your customers." Mm. That's and good. he said, if you take care of your customers and you count your customers, check in on them and secure customers, he said the commission and the money side of things will take care of itself. And, and boy, has it ever. That's That has been the truest thing ever. But what I try to think about with customer service is I'm a consumer too. So when I'm not at work, I am a consumer. I buy things all the time. What do I look for in a buying process? If I was buying the same product, what would I look for that would... Um, that I would that would make this process easier, more enjoyable, something that I would want to tell other people about. And so, and then I just think about that, and I reverse engineer it, and I say, okay. okay, well, I'm on the other side of the desk. So, what do I know that I want? Well, I want the process to be efficient. I want to be uh, valued, and then I want the person that I'm dealing with to be knowledgeable, and um, I want them to ultimately be somebody who's attentive to my needs. So, I try to think about all those things. When I'm on the side of the desk, like when somebody's explaining their situation, I want to be attentive. I want to know when they have a question, I want to be knowledgeable to where I can answer it. And then when it comes time, because of that, I'm able to make the proper solution because I've heard them, understood them, and I'm knowledgeable enough to make the proper presentation. And um, it's ultimately just making everybody feel like a friend. Like I don't, I don't have customers. I have, I have friends and family. That's That's one of my. That's one of my quotes yeah. that, that I share a ton. I say, if you shop with me, you're family. Okay. You can call me at 9 o'clock at night, and I will call or text you back within 10 minutes. Usually my wife gets on to me about being on my phone all the time, but right. I love people, man. And in this day and age, there's so many mediocre things. There's so many people just doing enough to get by, mm. and you really have an opportunity to set yourself apart when you do things that nobody else does and it just comes natural to me just because of how much I love people and I and just I love what I do and the craft that I have so I think those are big keys that I look for that's awesome so I wrote down a couple things you said um, 
I love the idea of trying to look at the situation as what if you were um, sitting on the other side of the mm-hmm. desk, the table, the phone, whatever it may be. Be attentive. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're paying attention to to the people and what they're what they're asking. Maybe what they really need is not exactly what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, be efficient. So. You know, you know what you got to do, and you're well trained up in the best way to help them. And you do it in, you know, you're not rushing, I'm sure, but you're yeah. doing it in a way that makes you them know that you're trying to get their problem solved as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Make sure they feel valued. Mm-hmm. Uh, share knowledge, so you have the knowledge. You share it with with them, so they can know their product better, know their service plan better, um, and. Uh, Something I, I don't know if you just said this or if I this down. People want to be. I would people want to be heard, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and they want to make sure that you're you're listening. That's you being attentive. People want to be to want to be heard. Um, and something kind of tied in with Disney, but I think about for you. You just said people are your friends and your family. Um, they're not a customer. What's the difference between a visitor and a guest? Right, Disney's mm. thing is be our guest. Yes, right. You're prepared for guests to come. Yeah, a visitor might just show up unannounced. You you have prepared for that. You prepared. I mean, I know you have customers that walk in. Yeah, a lot of times you have an appointment. Yeah, you're going to sure. be ready for that person to, to come in. Same with us as a church, right? We're trying to do things well. That's right. When people come through the doors, they're not a visitor. They're not not like we weren't expecting people to come on Sunday. Yeah, right. We are ready for them. And also, everybody that walks through the door is a guest. Not right. not to come here every week, but because no, uh, I mean, people may think this. My wife may think this sometimes. Nobody lives at the church. That's right. Right. Even the staff. Anybody that comes through, you come here almost every week, right? So you're you're a guest. Somebody for the first time mm-hmm. is a first time guest, yep. right? But they're still a guest. So, um, well, tying yeah. back into sports. All right. So talk about the guest and the visitor thing. Yeah. All right. Well. Visitor, visitor, visiting team. All yeah. right, so you you go into the gymnasium at the high school or whatever. Right. The visiting side is what it's smaller. Mm. Uh, maybe they've got you know a little bit of some stuff hanging up up over there, but it's you've accommodated them enough. You've accommodated <laughs> you. you hey, you have a spot, but yeah. we're not giving you any extra attention because the main focus is over here. All right, right. well, somebody's a guest. All right, somebody's a guest in your house. What do you do? You clean probably before they come. Like you guys are host community groups. Right. I mean, everything was always clean. The chairs were there. Like the food was pre- prepared. When somebody is a guest, you know, they're staying the night at your house. The beds made. You've got uh, food there for them. Maybe coffee in the morning. There's there's extra attentiveness when somebody is a guest, and and you you get into that hospitality uh, space where yes. more so it's not just hey come hey I'm glad you're here come in it's wow, I'm so thankful you're here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve you. Yeah. It just takes a whole new whole new mindset cuz when you when you're a when you're a guest, you place value on that on that person, customer, whatever it is, you know? I mean, cuz every person coming in the church door, like you said, yeah. is is a guest and they they want to feel value. They want they want to feel all those things. Yes, they want to feel heard, they want to feel seen. They want to feel greeted, right? That's a big thing. They want to feel welcome, especially yeah. in a church setting, but right. People, we, I think, people don't realize that we're spiritual beings and we pick up vibes. Oh, like, yeah. People will say, oh, I'm, you're vibey or I'm picking up bad bad vibes or good vibes. Like, they say that in, like, in joking way, but it's really true. Sure. Like, there are people that have a magnetism to them. When they walk in the room, when they walk in the in the door, 
there's energy to their to their presence. Um, I've heard that like Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, people like that were were just super electric people yeah. that like when you were just in proximity, you started catching a vibe. Like so, so when somebody walks through the door of the church, they should catch a vibe. And it's it's like you know the spirit the spirit of the Lord is in this place, right? They talk yeah. about that in those songs, but they should feel that. And it's not just all a feeling that. You know, it's not just all. What am I feeling when I come to church, and I'm only going to come to church because I feel some type of way. Yeah, that's not not, not that, all in the feels, but that's but there should be an atmosphere of worship. There should be an atmosphere of uh, I'm a there's a I'm a guest. There is there's a presence here in this place that I should feel if I'm in in alignment and I, and and I and God is speaking to me. Like I should be able to feel that in a church, right? Right. And I think that's something that you know every successful church and every church that is really gospel centered is good about presenting is there is an atmosphere of worship and God's presence is in that place it may look different uh, you know different churches are, are set different ways but or when you come in I mean the people look happy to be there are they smiling are they welcoming will they shake your hand will they hold the door for you yeah right things like that and like I think you said we hold we hold on to the truth mm-hmm. but we want to share it it's important to us so we do it well that's right and we do it with a smile on our face so absolutely good absolutely. stuff that is that is good stuff for anybody in customer service anybody in the church world uh, go back and, and, th- and re-listen to those things be attentive be efficient make people feel valued uh, be knowledgeable alright and people are not visitors they are guests we're expecting them to, to come in to where we are and, and one more thing just to cap that off real quick is anything that's worth doing is worth doing to the absolute best of your ability. So whether you run a church, whether I sell phones, whether I do the life fitness coaching, like whatever, like that's biblical, right? Anything you do should be for the glory of the Lord. That's so right. Right. it whatever God has placed you in that, cert, that certain area of your life to do, there's so much mediocrity and people just giving just enough, but give it your all like people people i think people are are scared to go all in on something because they they're scared of failure or criticism or something like that because then there's that there's that reservation people can say well i didn't really try that that's the first thing people will say if they come up short on a on a goal is they'll say well i, di- I didn't you know i didn't really try that hard or whatever right. there's no nobility yeah. in that there, yeah. like there's no ability in 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 you giving half effort right like like yeah. God has blessed us all with so many gifts and talents and and treasures and just different things that I think personally it's my opinion I think it's selfish to not give a hundred percent with what we what we do as our occupation that's at work people say well I only get paid I don't get paid to do that you're thinking about it wrong mm. you you yes like if you want to be paid more than you're paid now you have to do what you're not paid for you have to do above and beyond like it's it's not the it's not the question of am I doing what I'm paid for? It's what else can I do that I'm not paid for? Mm. Like can I, how much more can I do? And it's it's sure. that abundance mindset of I want to give my absolute best to you know whatever it is that I do, and that could be anything from playing the drums here on Sunday to my time at the gym. It could be my time at work. Like there, I want to. I would love to see more people adopt this standard of excellence. And it's not saying that you know you have to be number one at everything, but you should strive to to give it your all. I mean, right. that's that's ultimately what's going to lead help lead to a more fulfilling life is because you're you know that at the end of the day you gave it everything that you had. 
Yeah, and you said something. I was going to get into this later. I just want to jump into this and make sure that we, we do uh, hit this. You talked about whatever it is uh, is for the glory of God, which, uh, I mean, here to here first, the message this Sunday at Collide is going to be kind of why are we here? Mm-hmm. And uh, Kurt's got a pretty good answer. It's for God's glory. That's why we're That's here. Right. Whatever it may be. So um, how do you make sure uh, in your work, in your uh, fitness in golf and whatever it may be um, that it's tied to your faith and ultimately that's what it's about I mean mm. be, being a better version of yourself mm. doing the best you can at your job uh, killing it at your hobbies whatever how do you make sure that while you are improving yourself that the end goal is not you but it's God and his glory how do, how do you take yeah. those steps so to me that starts in the morning um and that's biblical too, right? It talks about grace and mercy being renewed every morning. And it talks about there's all these different verses that will support that. But um, it, it starts in the morning, right? It's starting each day with a grateful heart. I think that's a bil- you know, I think that's mm. a biblical verse as well. But <clears throat> it's it's starting each day when you wake up, pray, talk to God. Th- God, thank you for another day. Thank you that I've got my, my beautiful wife's in, in the bed beside me. God, I'm thankful for clothes that I'm going to put on, the cars that I have, the house I'm living in, like gratitude, starting talking to God right away, and it, or if you have time to read in the morning, read your Bible or read some type of devotional, but it's, if you can prioritize God in the morning mm-hmm. and before everything else, before you start looking on your phone, checking Instagram and all this other stuff, like when God gets first fruits, just like yeah. we talked about, you know, Sunday yes. with the money thing, when yes. God gets first fruits there... And you can continue that conversation. You're setting yourself up for success later in the day because that, that's, that can be a continual conversation that you've already started. But start that early, and then you've already, you're telling yourself subconsciously or consciously, I guess, but you're telling yourself that, hey, this is the main thing. This was my first thought, my first fruits. This was my everything. Because... All the all the all the other stuff is great. The 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 cars, the the house, the watches, the the material stuff, our possessions, like all that stuff is is awesome. It's cool, but it doesn't mean anything if if we don't have a relationship with God. If if I, there are many people walking the face of this earth that have millions or billions of dollars in in their bank account, and they are miserable because they have no spiritual connection with yeah. the one who made them. Like we were made by God and there will always be a space in our heart that will be unfulfilled if we do not maintain that relationship with him that no material possession can ever feel and there's many people that have tried and will continue to try to fill that spot but it will never be filled except for by that relationship so it starts in the morning and then you can continue that throughout the day to me I think that's the biggest key is 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 that alignment first thing so a reminder reminding yourself almost grounding yourself every morning yeah. and being thankful to god and mm-hmm. and starting off the day in in his word and prayer and talking to him and having that uh that be uh the focus and it's something else that was said uh sunday uh, talking about money was uh you're blessed to be a blessing mm. right so yep. um i think you can You've been blessed, and I think it's it's fair to say, Kirk, for you as well. I mean, you've worked hard, and there's 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 things that have come uh, from that. And one of those things that you've been able to do, we'll transition here, uh, in being blessed, in, is to be a blessing in 
uh, you've got the Miracle Works Recovery mm-hmm. House. I'd love to love you talk about that just a little bit and how that's going, where it came from, how it's going now. Maybe if people are seeking help or they want to help you to, with the ministry, just kind of talk through, through yeah. that a little bit. Um, real quick, I want to just, before we transition into that, yeah. um, back to the to the work and the working hard and the money and all that stuff, I want to give a personal testimony, something that we just, for those of you that attend Clyde Church, maybe you don't, we talked about money last Sunday, and yeah. that's always everybody's like cringy topic. Oh, yeah. It's usually Brent's <laughs> job. Nick delivered an awesome message on Sunday. God just, that was straight from, from the heart and, and just handled every single one of those tough questions that no pastor wants to stand in front of a church to have to answer <laughs> sure, because sure. you're on your own spot you know yeah, oh yeah. and that's everybody's like they get real tense when you start talking about their money but it's when you start prioritizing like we talked about prioritizing them in the morning prioritizing them in your giving so if there's one area in my life that God has spoken to me directly and proved to me that he exists it is through my financials Um, And I say that because when I first started at my company seven years ago, um, I was the bottom of the leaderboard, was like made almost no money, was thinking about quitting, stuck it out just because I love the people and just God was just, was clearly like, hey, just you stay in this, stay in this and kept improving, kept improving, got better, started making a little bit more money and things were going good. And then I remember there was another sermon probably two or three years ago and it was talking about the money thing and I had been listening to other preachers on podcasting and God was just putting all this content in my life about financial giving and it was all about and at the time I was probably given I, I was giving probably a hundred dollars a week but it was not it was not close it was not a ten percent it was not anything like I should have been giving. It was not sacrificial. It was not first fruits. It was not any of that stuff that Nick talked about, like how it should be uh, on Sunday. And I remember sitting in the parking lot at work and um, and praying before I went into the office that day. And I said, I said, I had my bank account pulled up, was ready to, to give. And I said, God, I'm going to trust you this year. I'm going to start giving what I know you've been clearly placing on my heart to start giving. Um, and I'm just going to step out on faith and trust you. And um, I remember I made that first, that first, um, I guess, deposit or that first giving uh, that was above and beyond what I have been given. It was, it was the appropriate amount. It was the stretch amount that God was challenging me to, to yeah. give. As soon as I sent that, I'm not kidding. Within 10 minutes, I had an email from a business that uh, I had contacted two years ago. Prior or two years prior to that moment, about me handling their Verizon account, and they had over like two hundred lines. I mean, oh, it's wow. a huge business account. You guys would know them if I if I said the name, but random email within minutes and said, "Hey, um, we're having some issues with who's you know handling our account right now. We'd love to we'd love to talk about you handling our account." And long story short, met with them like the next day, and they were like, "This is great. Mm. I want, we want you to start handling our account." And um, I've been helping them ever since, and and they have on multiple occasions talked about how I've been a blessing to them, giving them the service that they never thought existed. And whatever extra amount that I had decided to start giving, um, that account has probably (laughs) 10x'd what uh, what the extra giving was. And like that was just a God thing to me. Mm -hmm. Like, 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 
that that spoke to me harder than than anything else in my life did because like I directly stepped out in faith because and just finally let God lead and and I was so fortunate that he blessed me so quickly because a lot of people don't see fruits or don't maybe yeah. not ever see uh, direct results of, right. a, of a stretch of faith and he just bam like right after that and just and I said all right cool <laughs> let's let and then and then giving started to become fun it yeah. started to be I was like how much more it was never like Nick talked about Sonny it was, it was never it from that point on it was never uh how little can I give or what is my uh floor yeah it was God, let's do something cool. Let's okay. like I want I want to step out. Like, let's let like God, let's see you move a little bit here. And yeah. um, and it started to become like a stretching of faith, and it was just like a fun thing. It's like all right, let's let's see how much more I can give okay. this month, and let's see what God does with it. Because when we get money, we can add and subtract it and things like that. When you give money to the kingdom of God, it gets multiplied. Okay. So God, God can 100%. God can multiply what we can only add and add and subtract. So. Um, that's just a, a personal thing I wanted to share oh, um, yeah. just because that piece has been so important for me and um, the whole success thing and, and maybe we'll talk about that here in a little bit but we're put on this earth to bless like we're like you just mentioned we're here to bless and be a blessing to others and our church and our community and things like that and if you'll just do the things that are if it's uncomfortable that's usually a good sign that you need to do it hmm. Um, and that's something that that was just I was so thankful for. But yeah. Yeah, anyway, so back to to the to the houses that we do. So what they are is Miracle Works Recovery. Um, founded it with a lifelong friend, and he, it was his idea. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, um, I know you're passionate about I'm passionate about real estate investing and financial freedom and things right. like that that can you know come from real estate investing or investing in general." And he said, you should provide housing for men and women in recovery. And I was like, well, I don't really know a whole lot about that. I've personally, thankfully, never, right. never done drugs or anything like that. And um, thankfully, didn't don't struggle with that. And he's like, well, there's such a need for it. Here's how it would work. Because he had stayed in those programs before. And yeah. I remember him pitching the idea to me and my wife. Right. And I was like, there's no way she's going to say yes to this. Yeah. And she was just like, yeah. Let's okay. Let's do it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? We just we just bought these houses. Like, there's no safety net on this. Like, I don't know a ton of people in that arena or sure. that you know that life that where we could draw people to come stay with us. Like, and for her to say just yeah, sure, let's do it. And I was like, if she's on board, I'm definitely on board. So Smart you know, man, yeah. So over the years, right? And man. God has just moved in that and provided ways and opened doors and um, people have gotten saved through through our program. Um, thank God and and basically, but it, it is a um, it is a sober living environment for men and women in recovery. So they may go to somewhere like the Winston Salem Rescue Mission, or they may go to a, a detox program. But a lot of what makes people successful is their environment. Right. So if you want to have somebody if you want to have somebody live a better life or you want to see improvement, what you have to do is prime your environment. So for somebody who's struggling with drug and alcohol addiction, if you hang around with other people that are actively doing drug and drugs yeah. and alcohol, 
the chances of your success are going to be extremely low versus sure. you have a sober living environment where everybody else is also trying to stay sober, accountability, structure, and just overall, and they know they've got me they can call, they've got other people they can call just to, to talk about life with, talk about Jesus, talk about anything with, that sets them up for a much higher success rate. We've, we've seen people come in, they didn't, they didn't have 200 bucks in their pocket, no car, no job, nothing, and within six months, a couple thousand in the bank, got their own car, wow. and, and now they're getting their own place. Okay. And, and most importantly, some people come to know Jesus, and they sure. come to have a, a saving faith in Christ through our program, and that is all because of what he's doing through it. But um, these, are, these are changes in people's lives that I could have never imagined being a part of, but that just goes back to what I, what I talked about earlier is when, when God's chosen you for something mm-hmm. and like he's put you in a place and given you, given you a, a specific purpose or purpose, you really start to <laughs> figure it out with things like these. And, um, it, it's just been crazy because it wasn't my idea. It wasn't yeah. anything I knew what, anything about. And, God said, that's okay, I'm going to make a way here, I'm going to make a way here, and I'm going to make a way here, and I'm going to provide for you, and I'm, I'm going to use you to deliver a gospel message that, that will change somebody's life for eternity. Mm. And to me, that's, that's, that's powerful, is being able to be used by, by God for something like that. Is there is there a way either people are looking for help? Do you have like open spots, mm-hmm. or if people are going to say, hey, I'd love to partner with you and support the ministry, uh, yeah. how, how does that work? So we do have open spots available. Uh, we have spots at our uh, at our men's only house, and then we also have spots for uh, we have spots for females as well. So right now we are currently in our in our lowest season that we've had. Our houses have been relatively full for kind of almost since we opened it, or at least close to full. Um, we just had a steady stream of people, but around this time of year, the holidays are very mm-hmm. hard for people that struggle with that that kind of life and just because they're used to around Christmas around Thanksgiving not being able to be with their friends or family because yeah. of their addictions having their kids taken from them it's just it's, mm. the holidays are a hard time and so a lot of people um, will relapse during that time period so it's just we're right now we're we've got a ton of vacancy but that's okay because I know that God will put the right people in sure. there and, and it's the time will come where all that makes sense but uh, the biggest need we have yeah so the biggest need we have if somebody wants to partner with us we've had people uh, this church is uh, you know you guys know y'all have helped us and donated for certain people and um, the biggest need we have is we've had people donate furniture so we're, we're fully furnished and everything mm-hmm. um, right now it's just sending us people that we can help making sure the houses stay full and if anybody wants to make any financial donations, those can always those can always help because there's just so much that is needed. I mean, it could be clothes for somebody coming in. It could be, um, you know, somebody is won't have a job for another week and they need right. they need money in the interim. Um, but I, I would say the biggest need we have right now is is financially or just sending us people that we can help. Okay. For sure. Well, you, there you go. You can reach out to Kirk. Reach out to me, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll make sure that that connection happens. One thing I, I love that you said there, you've said other things we kind of transition to uh, one more topic. Actually, got two more. I skipped one. We'll come back. Okay. Um, is, uh, I feel like for for you, it was kind of like, 
Uh, that maybe that's going to be hard. I don't know a lot about that. Oh yeah, um, super and, risky. And your wife was like, "Let's do it." So I think I agree with what you said then and earlier. Too many people. If something's hard, like ah, I must not be the right thing. That is farfully about as far from the truth as you can be. Now, sometimes God does close a door. Absolutely. But just because something is not easy does not mean it is wrong. Right. Too many times we're like, well. I don't know. They have to work hard. All right, just just remember Jesus GQ. Jesus went to the cross. He laid down his life. Yes. So just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. Um, so uh, kind of transition that with to kind of I want to talk about we we'll talk resolutions. We'll kind of talk about goals. How you've uh, specifically maybe in, in fitness uh, you've had an awesome uh, transformation uh, there. But um, you want to take a guess as to. Uh, how many people, um, okay, percentage of people who keep their resolutions? Oh, man, I'd say probably less than 5%. Um, let's see. I mean, of course, this is from, you know, Google and something real fast. Right. Uh, so it does say, and I'm, I don't think this is this is high, 46% of people keep their news resolutions for six months. Wow. I got a hard time believing that. That's... 75% for more than... For a week, 71% for two weeks, and 64% for a month. Then it drops down to 46%. Uh, so, I don't know. Seems high. Yeah. Seems high. <laughs> I think that's overrated. Maybe people <laughs> don't want to say, even on a random survey, that they didn't keep yeah. their resolutions. But one thing I, I saw, uh, Jonathan Edwards, this guy was a, a well-known 18th century minister. Um, he sat down at the age of 17. I don't know if this is a New Year's thing or not. But and he wrote 21, 21 resolutions um, in 17, uh, 1722. Later, he expanded the list to 70 resolutions that he determined to live by. Uh, this kind of ties in with talking about making sure that your goals and everything's focused on Christ. Mm-hmm. He said, Being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions mm. so far as they are agreeable to his will mm. for Christ's sake. It says, Then he made a lifelong pledge to himself, remember to read over these resolutions once a week. Um, he says among among the first, uh, first 21 of the list were resolved never to lose one moment of time but to improve it the most profitable way I possibly can. Resolve to live with all my might while I do live. Resolve never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Resolve never to do anything out of revenge. So just just a few of the wow. the things that um that he said and then a quick quote from Benjamin Franklin. Now I'll let you share your your wisdom on this. Uh uh, he said, throughout this year, resolve to perform what you ought, perform without fail what you resolve to do. So, mm. pretty powerful words, both from Jonathan Edwards, again, a, a famous pastor, uh, and also Benjamin Franklin, one of the, the founders of our of our country. So, um, I guess my question would be, are you a, a resolutions guy? I feel like you're maybe a goals guy. Or do you, I mean, I feel like you're probably not one to wait to the new year and be like, all right, I'm going to start it now. So... I think people are not successful in their New Year's resolution because they make them half-heartedly or they make them just because the the year has changed. There has to be an internal and a mindset shift or a heart shift that creates the need for for the resolution. So 
when you attach the when you attach the goal to the new year, mm-hmm. well, what happens when the new year is not new anymore? Mm-hmm. When you attach the the why to something superficial like that, there's no there's no internal desire that's that's going to keep you when when it gets hard because eventually the stuff gets hard, and there that's why I think people don't succeed a lot in their resolutions. But I, I personally don't do New Year's resolutions. I do yearly goals that I have. Um, but I don't, and I sit down at the beginning and the end of the year to review those and make them for for the next year. But I don't make resolutions based on a new year. I make resolutions based on how I'm feeling and <clears throat> what God is speaking. Here's the thing: when you're when you're in alignment I guess spiritually and, and when your relationship with God is at its peak and when you're when you truly have that relationship he'll speak to you and make things plain and it'll be obvious well and if we just listen to ourselves and our thoughts and we listen to God and what he's put like and and use lessons at, or use situations as lessons and not regret and we act on it like we we look for happiness in the same place we lost it mm. so like if somebody's trying to lose weight and they go oh i really want that pizza and they eat the pizza and yeah. they feel like crap again and 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 they like you looked for ha- like that's what you knew that's where you were losing it but that's where you saw it after it again and it's yeah. as humans were were incredibly uh bizarre i guess people like how we how we rationalize things it's kind of kind of wild but i think that's you know that's the main thing is you have to you have to learn to listen to yourself and the main way i think anybody can be successful is and this is biblical i think it's Habakkuk what two and two where it says write the vision make it plain mm. that even though it may tarry which means take a long time that he who can see it can run to it or okay. yeah, I think I think I think the loosely paraphrase. I think that's what it what it sounds that's like. The, uh, the Kurt Castings translation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's and that's so true. So like, what people don't write down their goals. They don't write down a vision. They don't do a vision board. They don't do any of that stuff because they think it sounds elementary or it sounds cliche. Or but these things. If you don't know what your target is, how could you ever expect to hit it? If mm. you if you are shooting a gun at something at a tar- and there's no target, like or you're if you jump on a plane and you need to get to Mexico, and you jump on a plane and the pilot says where are we heading and you say oh, let's just fly around somewhere we'll figure it out you're not going to end up in Mexico. So you might you might small chance small <laughs> but chance. Yeah. <laughs> so but I think if if. So for everybody that is making New Year's resolutions or for anybody that wants to see a change in their life, the first thing you need to do is you need to sit down and say, how was last year? What are areas that I'm lacking in? And write them down. Be mm-hmm. brass tacks with yourself and say, all right, I'm overweight. I want to make more money. I did not read my Bible like I should have last year. My prayer time is was lacking. Uh, I need to spend more time with my wife. Write these things out and then go, okay, what are some things, like what do I want this year to look like? What do I want me as a person to look like? So ultimately the cheat code, the blueprint, everything is create the life that you admire and desire and create that person and whatever that person looks like and give it away to the world. 
That is that is all you have to do. And, and what it starts with is writing all that stuff down and getting completely honest with yourself. And if you have a spouse or you have a mentor or somebody that you're close with, have them tell you, hey, man, like, like what are some areas that you see in my life that I could grow? Like, and you would be one of those guys that I could ask that question to. And having somebody who can tell you in truth mm-hmm. but also give you love and grace seek the truth in love yes <laughs> and that's what we talked about at, at Dario this morning when the Wednesday in the Word and was talking about how Jesus led his ministry through truth and grace truth and love right and the so, only one who is full of both of them yes and, and <laughs> yeah. when you do that like now I can say alright so here's the person I want to be and I can write down so every morning when I wake up I eat my I have a routine that I do that without fail I do this every morning and I write down the person I want to be. All right, so I put, I am physically and spiritually fit. I am massively generous. I own a successful business. I am wealthy. I am financially free. I am disciplined. I am a close friend, husband. I am an amazing coworker. People can count on me for anything. And then I also put, I create content to inspire and encourage. Like. I write this vision of who I want to be in a present tense. Okay, that was one of that. You say, you yeah, say I am, even I am. if you're not where you want to be right. yet. You're, like, speak, you're, not, yeah. you're not speaking to existence still, but you're like yeah. voicing that in, yeah, in the like, present tense. I, I own a house on Lake Norman that is that is lakefront with a spiral staircase. Like, and I will invite my pastor down. Yeah. Hey, there we I, go. You know, <laughs> but like, what do you, and people get like, you don't have to be embarrassed about your goals or what you want out of life. You need to get clear on that, and and it's okay to to have like my goals are mixed. They're they're spiritual, they're professional, and they're also family. They're they're a little bit of and then financially they're they're a mix of all those things. But what I'm doing is I'm telling my my mind and my subconscious, this is who I am, and when I start this day, this is the person that I am committing to be. And then it's amazing how much you're you will act in accordance to what you write on that paper. And again, so, like we talked earlier, with the focus of it, this is all ultimately about God's glory. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's because the prayer time has happened first thing, first right. thing. So that's already been established that God gets gets my effort and energy first thing right off right off the bat and then this is who I want to be because I feel like this person would honor and glorify God right I feel yeah, like the, yeah. a, a good friend I feel like somebody who creates inspiring content I feel like somebody who you know it has all these attributes is ultimately going to honor and glorify God right all right so I a couple things write down your goals write down who you uh, who you want to be but in the present tense, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know what your target is, you will never hit it. Yeah. Okay. That's that's that seems so obvious, but something that people don't think about. Like you need a you need a target, you need a goal. Um, but you talked about from the back, it gets a long road, right? So, uh, kind of the last thing for that one more question I forgot. Um, let's say what are we at January 11th mm-hmm. let's say people have started the new year they've got their goals and, and maybe there's there's a few top people here I'll kind of hone in on ones that uh, man let's say I have the goal to go to the gym mm-hmm. every day and either man I'm making it but it is about to kill me or it's the 11th man I've already missed four days or like man I want to read my Bible every day and I haven't read it but once mm. 
So what would you say to, to those people who are either they're just hanging in on that resolution or they feel like they're already feeling they're about to quit? How, what would you say to those people? So what I would say is, again, figure out exactly what it is you want and why you want it. All right. If you want to lose the weight and you want to become a, a physically fit person, all right, why do you want that? How do you how do you feel when you're 50 pounds overweight or 100 pounds? Like how like how how do you feel? Right? Do you feel you feel tired? Okay, you feel uh, you know you you get sick easy like all these other things. Like how do you feel? Okay, how would you feel if you were in the best shape of your life? What would that person look like? How much like would people like how, how good would the compliments feel that people give you when you're in that tip top physical shape? Like like you have to. People, we, we press we press pause on the wrong tape. We, mm. we, we press pause on the tape that's telling us that we can never achieve that. That's not for us. I was never meant to have that dream body. I'm naturally a big boned person or I'm not meant to have that much money or that kind of car, or that kind of house, right? But instead, we start thinking about, oh, why not me? Why can't I achieve that body? Why can't I read my Bible more? Why, like there's, why can't I pray more? Why can't I have that job that I want that impacts these people? Why can't I be able to make this extra money, which then in turn allows me to give more to my church, right? Mm-hmm. Like the churches don't stay open uh, just by just by God's favor. Like, like they, it, takes it takes money. money it takes money yes. to do ministry. And that's why people, we, we, have, we have turned that into like a taboo topic. Sure. But is there any way that I think God doesn't want somebody to have enough financially for them to be able to give to the church? Hmm. There's no way I don't think that God wants that God wants people to have an abundance and I feel like he wants them to be able to be generous to people and ultimately like like Dave Ramsey was ta- he was preaching somewhere one time and he started talking about he said the most fun you can ever have he said he said go into a waffle house on Thanksgiving morning and he said put a hundred dollar hundred dollar bill under a coffee cup and then just walk out and watch that waitress Hmm. get that pick that up and he said the first thing she'll do is she'll clutch it real close and then she'll look up towards towards the sky or towards the ceiling and go thank you god like you don't know how much of a blessing you can be until you start having that generosity piece and and you get yourself to that area to where you can start really giving and pouring into the people around you because you got it starts with a you got to fill your cup up first, right? You got to you got to get a cup full, but then that cup overfloweth. Mm. And when that cup overfloweth, everybody around you will be directly impacted, and or should be right, mm-hmm. should be directly impacted. So you, your tithes should go up at church, like your giving at church should go up. Your your support of your you know your ball teams that maybe your kids play on, like like you can impact and change yeah. the lives of so many people around you based on the the success that you you know are able to obtain for yourself if you can get clear about what you really want no that's that's uh that's super good and I add a couple things off what you said and we'll close up um first one is man i'm already gonna i'm gonna forget it um take care of yourself first i've learned that when we started this church i was going Mm -hmm. 120 miles an hour i mean there were some some times whenever we were uh, experiencing growth and uh, trying to renovate the place pretty much on our own. This was like two or three weeks straight of 16-hour days. Um, I just about killed myself. I was getting not, got out of shape. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't. One thing I like to do is go play basketball. I was yeah. like that's back burner. And I realized a few years back, like 
number one, this will function, this church will function if I go to the gym for an hour. Mm-hmm. It will still be here when I get back. Yep. Uh, number two, if I go and play basketball, I do enjoy it. I will feel better. I'll be a better person for the hours. For I can probably do as much in the less hours because oh, yeah. I've got a good attitude and I feel good physically as if I were to just keep working those extra hours. Mm-hmm. And so I, I realize that a lot. And I just come off sabbatical, taking a break, but like just knowing you got to take care of yourself. You cannot pour out of an out of an empty cup. You, Very true. you cannot do that. So anybody out there who's like, man, I've got to go 100 miles an hour and I've got to always look out for other people. The best thing you can do for those other people is take care of yourself mm-hmm. first. So a healthy version of who God's made you to be yes. can give out to other people. Mm-hmm. Right, that's that's huge. Um, another thing, talking about generosity and giving and money. Um, Art Rayner, the guy who has has eight money milestones and things like that. Uh, his milestones number one is start giving. Yeah, start. It doesn't. See, it's not it's not, like, it's not like start tithing or start giving a ton away. But there's other things on there that's raising that's that's like building your money. But the mm-hmm. number one on the list is start giving. So Have if you're out start. there. And you're like, man, I, I've never given money away. I don't have it. <laughs> Kirk's told stories. I've heard stories the other day. God can do more with the 90 or 85 or 87 or 99% uh, than uh, you can do with the 100. So Absolutely. if you're out there and you're not giving to your church or to a ministry or giving away to, to anything, just start Yep. and see what God will do. Absolutely. Um, so, Kirk, one last question I forgot. I skipped the fruit thing. Sort of. Uh, uh, so we'll kind of end with this, kind of a little more lighthearted because we've had a bunch of, bunch of stuff. People probably like, man, this is good. I need to take a breather. So uh, the best in the business as far as product, can you even say that as a Verizon guy? What's your favorite? Yeah. Or I mean, I know there's the one that is a fruit. Everybody's like, that's the best one. Or what would you say? So I'll, as unbiased as possible, I do have an iPhone. I'm an, I'm an Apple guy um i do not think they make the best product i think they have the best brand and ecosystem and the way it functions and allows everybody else to share and function with it through facetime mm-hmm. iMessage, icloud that is so powerful which yeah. is why branding is so powerful uh with all those other things but um they are not the most technically advanced phone or company they generally produce um specific or uh, specs of these phones that are a year or two older than the Android side of the competition. But because they produce it so well and in a package that everybody wants, they are a trillion dollar company. Hmm. So are they the best phone? No. Are they the best brand? Yes. Um, So what is the absolute best spec wise? Um, I I think Samsung has always been a innovative leader in that space and like the S22 Ultra and they're getting ready to come out with their next phase of phones. They always seem to be the innovator, the leading thing that at least Verizon has to offer, which is Samsung. Uh, I think they make the best technical products. But would would I buy one? I'm going to buy my iPhone first. Yeah, sure. So. Okay, I think I had an S5. It yeah. seems like it was yesterday. <laughs> Good gracious. So 22 now? Mm-hmm. Wow. 20 and 23 on the rise. It hasn't been that long. 
So they're throwing out more than one a year. They got to be. Well, they started doing eight, nine, then it went to 10, 20, 21, 22. Oh, skip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now they're on the year. I'm right. Saying. Now it's okay. on the year. That makes sense, Samsung. That yeah, was a good idea to think of yeah, that. Yeah, there haven't been 18, okay. 18 phones say, since then. I remember my S5 because I dropped it in the back parking lot of this church. I would not forget that. Mm. So I remember those times. The church always takes care of me. It's a great job. Uh, and you said you gotta, people should be contacting you to check. I'm going to help you out, and you help me. That's right. Check and make sure you got the best uh, plan right now. Yep. Make sure you're up to date. So Kurt's going to start by checking mine, and then y'all get with him and make sure that if you got Verizon, which... I mean, it's the best network. I mean, it I'll is, be, yeah. I'm, uh, whether I'm biased or not, Kurt did not pay me to say this, it's the <laughs> best service that there is. So make sure my my net, my uh, plan is up to date, and then everybody else hit them up and do the same thing for you. That's right. you got to match the best sailor service with the best customer service. Uh-huh. There you go. So Okay. But, yeah, anybody anybody that's looking for anything Verizon, I'd love to take care of you if, if, if I don't already handle your account or help you out love to have that opportunity i promise you won't regret it uh and also anybody looking to make those uh fitness goals a reality i do life slash fitness coaching so that can be the fitness part will get you will get you in shape get you feeling the absolute best you ever felt and the life coaching part can be anything about how to become a better salesperson investing in real estate we can talk about how to budget your money better all kinds of stuff we kind of group that all in one um so i help people with that as well and then if you know anybody that we can help with with miracle works um you know we have that so okay. chances are if you have a need we can fill it <laughs> or, or find somebody who can so. okay sounds good kurt uh i appreciate you coming on i'm super proud of of the man you've become glad to play some small part uh in that and just just uh excited for how god's going to use you your family your business uh, the ministry in, in the days and weeks and months and years to come and Thanks for, for coming on and dropping a lot of wisdom on us in the last hour and 15 minutes or so. So glad to do it, man. Appreciate everything that, you, that you've that you done for me over the years and appreciate what, uh, you know, what you've done for Clyde Church. And this church has been a, a blessing for, for so many in the community. So you guys are impacting lives in ways that, you know, I think you guys probably don't even know. But mm-hmm. what, a, what a blessing. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening also. Thanks again to Kirk. And we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.